doing a bit of a late night pod tonight. Just watched the Denver Nuggets win their first championship in franchise history. Going to talk all about it. Going to break it down. Going to break down the game tonight. Ended up being a very exciting one uh, out in Denver, which Denver ends up winning 94-89. Going to talk about Jokic, his performance, the historical significance of that performance. Um, You know, winning a finals MVP, averaging 30-14-7 while shooting 42% from three and 58% from the field is certainly uh, no small feat. So I'm going to dive into that. I'm going to talk a lot about what's next for both of these teams. There's already a lot of talk of a dynasty in in Denver. I'll give my thoughts on that later. Um, And then, you know, also um, what's next for Miami and um, how they approach this offseason, how they approach – their their roster next season because you know for as disappointing disappointing as it was in the end for Miami uh, to lose the finals in the way that they did I I think it's you know you can't overlook the fact that nobody uh, honestly no no fan no the die the, the biggest Miami Heat fan did not think they would make it this far to a game five of the NBA Finals when you know they were down to the Bulls in the playing game uh, with like three minutes left so you know. For as bad as it might have looked tonight um, in the second half or, you know, really throughout the course of this series or even, you know, those three games that they lost in a row to, to, to Boston, um, for as up and down as this playoff run was, you, you do have to tip your cap to the Heat for simply making it this far. Um, uh, no one had them, you know, in this situation. So uh, hats off to them. But ultimately, you know, I think – Denver did end up being a little bit too much for the Heat. I don't think that's much of a, you know, necessarily a hot take <laughs> or anything. Um, but Miami, or sorry, uh, Denver finishes the playoffs 16-4, and four, uh, which, you know, they beat the Heat in five. They swept the Lakers. They beat a, a Phoenix team that were favorites to win the championship heading into the playoffs. They beat them in six. And then the first round, they... they obviously beat Minnesota in five, um, only losing game four on the road, uh, and then closing that one out at home. Uh, that feels like so long ago at this point. But, you know, 16-4 and four in, in a postseason run, that's an 800 winning percentage. That puts you right on par with the 06-07 Spurs, obviously a team um, with Duncan, Manu, and Ginobili. So historically, like they're, like, obviously, you know, they're not the 2017 Warriors. No one will probably ever be that good in the playoffs. 16 and one, um, so close to, to going 17 and 0. Something that, or sorry, not 17 and 0, 16 and 0. Um, something that's never been done in playoff history. But you know, for 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 my or for Denver, they are, you know, the best playoff team record-wise since that 17 Warriors squad. Um, second fewest losses by a champion in the last 20 years. Um, you have the Lakers, uh, 2001, went 15-1. and one. Obviously, Kobe and Shaq faced AI in the finals that year. Um, you had the 82-83 Sixers, went 12-1 and one in the playoffs. Um, the 98-99 Spurs went 15-2 and two in a lockout season. You got the 90-91 Bulls, 15-2. and two. Um, This was back when, you know, the first round was best of five because, uh, you know, don't have to get that, get that 16th win. So that makes it even all that more impressive honestly for Denver the fact that they went 16 and 4 and you know this is I think it's important to note with this Denver team is they were not the overwhelming favorites whatsoever heading into this into the postseason I want to say 
Well, I, I know I put a bet in on Denver, and I want to say it was I, well, first of all, I put one back in like December when they were plus fifteen hundred to win the title, so that was nice to cash. But then I also put one in. I, I want to say it was like mid first round, and they were still plus eight hundred to win the title. Um, so that was another nice little cash out for me. But the point being, you know, Denver were not the overwhelming favorites to win this championship, uh, even throughout the course of you know the first round, the second round. It really wasn't until they knocked out Phoenix in, in that second round, and we're going to go up against the Lakers that they became prohibitive favorites to win the NBA title and then once they swept uh, the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals a Lakers team which by the way you could make an argument was the second best team in in this year's playoffs um, I'll kind of give uh, put a bow on uh, on the postseason a little bit later in the pod but um, you know no my point is no one heading into the playoffs thought Denver would would win as easily as they did you know I was in a in an NBA bracket challenge group with some of my friends from work and you know back home and I thought it was interesting not one person not one single person in the in the bracket challenge group had the Nuggets winning the championship and you know I was the only one that had Denver in in the NBA finals I picked the Celtics to win over Denver in six still won the bracket challenge because I had them going so far uh, when no one else did so um, I think what if we were to obviously have one takeaway from Denver winning this finals, it's or how are we going to remember it from a Denver's perspective? Obviously, it's it's Jokic and, and how incredible he was um, in in the series. Like I said, thirty fourteen and seven, um, just one Finals MVP. I mean, you look at guys that averaged thirty points in in the finals. There's only one, two, three. Fifteen guys that have averaged thirty plus points and won the the Finals MVP in postseason history, um, and I mean he was incredible not just throughout the finals, which was only five games, but obviously throughout the entire playoffs as well. Um, he finishes the playoffs with a thirty, thirteen and nine, nine point five assists. So basically, ten basically averaging a triple double in the playoffs. I think his last two games of this series, um, he only had, yeah, he only had four assists in the last two games of the series and in game two. So um, could have easily ended up if he just had like a few more assists, would have ended up averaging a triple double for the entire playoffs. But you know, if you were to have a, fi- a playoff MVP, he wins it easily this year. If you were to have a Finals MVP, obviously he won that as well. Um, won Western Conference Finals MVP. So I mean. This is the Jokic coronation. You know, there, there was a lot of troubling discourse on him, you could say, throughout the course of the season and especially around the MVP. Um, I thought he kind of maybe tanked the last, not necessarily tanked, but took his foot off the gas pedal for the last month of the season to prepare, to prepare for the playoff run. Ended up, you know, significantly benefiting him. Didn't look tired at all. Um, then again, like Jokic is kind of a player that never really looks like he's tired out there. Part of that's because he, he never leaves the ground. He doesn't jump. But nonetheless, ended up working out for him, not going for that third straight MVP really toward the end of the season while Embiid really pushed for it. Obviously, the Sixers fell short yet again. Denver ends up winning the title. I'd say he, he'll take it. Now, I will say, like, his postseason interview, I mean, it seemed like he was kind of just happy the season was over and he'll be able to go home to Serbia and tend to his horses and 
just enjoy life um, wherever he lives in Serbia um, and, you know, rest up and get ready for the season next year. Um, so he did, he's kind of like, all right, job's done. I'm, I'm going to go home now and uh, enjoy enjoy the summer. Uh, I thought that was kind of funny. Everyone else was, you know, super emotional. Uh, Jamal Murray, Michael Malone, uh, MPJ, all showing a ton of emotion. He was just kind of like, yeah, you know, I, I did that. Uh, we won. All right, cool. We get to go home now. Nonetheless, this game, this game specifically, I mean, great first half for Miami. You know, it looked like the zombie heat were, were coming back to life. I was, you know, there was points in that game where I thought, I mean, I was thinking, can Miami pull, pull off a, a 3-1 comeback in, in the series? You know, um, they, you know, Aaron Gordon picked up his third foul with nine minutes left in the second quarter. Uh, fair call, by the way. Um, and I thought Aaron Gordon was such a huge important piece for Denver in this series. You know, Miami just didn't have anybody that could stop him um, both offensively. Obviously, he had an amazing game game four in Miami. Um, but also, he was, you know, the Jimmy Butler stopper, really. Um, and they didn't really have anybody they could throw him throw at him uh, defensively. So, uh, Gordon was, was a huge mismatch in this series altogether. And him picking up a third foul uh, early in that second quarter um, – was huge for the Heat to, to, to be able to get out and, and get a lead. I think they were up by 10 at one point in the first quarter, or sorry, in the first half. Um, up seven at halftime. Now, a lot of that was, I would say, a huge factor, and that was the fact that Denver was 115 from three, 6.7%. Uh, you had, I mean, it's not like Miami was shooting that much better. They were only 26% from three. Um, my, and, you know, Denver was actually shooting better from the field at halftime. Uh, but also you point to the turnovers, 10 turnovers at halftime for, for Denver uh, to Miami's four. Butler wasn't great in the first half. It was it was Bam. Bam had a really good first half. He had like 18 points, eight rebounds, something in that range. Um, he was huge for them. You know, I, I thought him, using him as a screener was really getting their offense going. Um, and, you know, Denver, you know, Miami was running the zone really throughout the course of this entire game. And, Denver w- was getting the looks in the first half. You know, they were running a lot of pick and roll with Jokic and Murray, obviously, as they always do. And, and they were continuing to get open looks with KCP, Bruce Brown, Christian Brown. Um, Aaron Gordon even got some looks in the first half. MPJ, I think he was their leading scorer at halftime. So they were getting the looks. They just weren't knocking them down in the first half against that zone because, um, you know, Jokic, they were – Often doubling Jokic, or at least helping on Jokic in the in the paint when he caught it um, in the middle of that zone, uh, defensive collapsed, and they had open shooters. They just weren't knocking the shots down. Ended up, you know, finishing the game shooting. One second, pulling up the box score. Ended up shooting. So they ended up going five for twenty-eight from three, which you know, seventeen percent. So they made four in the second half, which was enough to win. It was a bit of a rock fight, you know, ninety-four, eighty-nine, low-scoring game for for this for this NBA. Um, but I thought, really, in the in the third quarter, we started to see Jokic play honestly more physically than I've seen Jokic play throughout definitely these playoffs, but really maybe his entire career. He was backing down Bam. Uh, he was catching the ball at the post and backing Bam all the way down to, to the block um, or, or to the rim, really, and, and finishing um, 
Jokic finished with 28 points this game. Um, it felt like most of those were coming in the second half. I don't have the exact numbers on me, um, the first half splits, but he nonetheless, he was really attacking Bam in that second half, and, and it paid dividends. They outscored Miami 26 to 20 in the third, and then 24 to 18 in in the fourth. Ended up winning the game by five after being down seven at half. One one sequence that sticks out, um, and I wrote in my notes: Jokic backing down and pounding in the paint early in the third quarter. But there was that Murray three in the corner off a, a Porter transition uh, dish. Um, but that was following that was directly following a Gabe Vincent three that he took early super early in the shot clock on the previous possession, rebound, uh, and then Porter dishes it to Murray in the corner, hits a three, ties the game at 60 with 6.44 left in the third. Felt like a bit of a turning point in the game. Vincent got pulled right after that, um, and it was only Denver's second three of the entire game up to that point. Huge three, game game tied. Uh, Miami really got away to the, to the BAM pick and roll, using him as a screener in the third quarter. Uh, I thought it was working really well for them in the first half, helped them get out to that lead. I felt like they were getting away from it. They weren't really getting good shots. Their guards were kind of just dribbling aimlessly, getting really bad shots late in the shot clock. So I didn't like the looks they were getting. They were somehow still up four with four minutes left in the third. Uh, and they, they showed that clip of Jokic getting emotional in, in a timeout. Um, never really seen him like that. So maybe that lit a fire, a bit of a fire under, under the Nuggets. I thought Denver did a really good job defensively in this game and really in this series um, helping on Butler. Well, first of all, they did a really good job defensively, period. But also, you know, limiting Jimmy Butler this entire series. Um, you know, if you look at his numbers, and I can pull them up right now, uh, 21 points in this series uh, on 36% from, from three, 41% from the field. Really bad numbers. You know, he, I mean, first grade as Jimmy was in that first round series against against Milwaukee where he averaged 37 points. He, he did fall off. Uh, you know, you could attribute that to the ankle injury maybe that he suffered in the conference semifinals. Um, but he goes from 37 against Milwaukee to 24 a game against against the Knicks to 24 again against the against the Celtics. He was really good early in that series. Game, games one's, game one, two, and then game four he was good. Um, and he was he ended up scoring 28 points in the closeout, but still uh, only averaged 24 points in that series and then finished with 21 points per game in this series. Felt like he was stuck on eight points this entire, uh, for like the majority of this game tonight and then hit a couple threes down the stretch. One three that was just utter garbage. Uh, the call where he swung out his foot and um, kicked, basically kicked Aaron Gordon in the balls and he, he got called for a three, three foul or a three shot foul thought that was a really bad call but he got away with it game was really close at that point um but nonetheless i want to give a lot of credit to denver you know obviously everyone talks about their offense they led the league in offensive rating in the playoffs and all that but they were also really good defensively guys like aaron gordon uh, bruce brown kcp had so many really good defensive uh, possessions this series where he was just following shooters around um coming off screen, staying on, staying on uh, guards, did a really good job sw- switching, you know, all series. Um, so shout out to KCP, thought he did really well. Um, but also Jokic, I mean, Jokic, the biggest concern I would say with Denver heading into the series or heading into the playoffs was how Jokic would hold up defensively. And, you know, 
I thought he was solid all postseason, and I thought he was really, really good in this series. Not necessarily, you know, going to stuff you at the rim, but he'll, you know, kick his leg out on passes and, and get kickball violations that can prevent open layups. Or he was, you know, stripping the ball away from Bam and Butler before they were able to get their shots off as they were going up to the rim. Um, so I thought he was really good, really active defensively. Um, and I thought Denver did really well as a team um, helping on Butler, you know, not necessarily a hard help, but a soft help. And, you know, game two, the reason they lost that game was because they were over-helping on Butler, I would say. And Miami shooters were, were making the threes in that game. But um, they were able to, you know, make those adjustments. And I thought tonight they did a really good job of helping on Butler, but not over-helping. And, you know, the guards, the guys like Bruce Brown, Jamal Murray, um, and KCP were staying on those shooters on the perimeter and, and really limited Miami. They obviously did a good job shooting the three um, in the first half, sort of. I mean, sort of. Um, but ended up only shooting 25% from three uh, for the game. You know, Struess, who, you know, ended up having 12 points on one of six one of six from three tonight, so he wasn't great. Uh, but he was a non-factor all series. Duncan Robinson, a bit of resurgence, but five points tonight. Bit of resurgence in the postseason, I would say. Uh, Caleb Barton fell off a cliff after that crazy Eastern Conference Finals performance. He had 10 points tonight. Better game for him. Um, so, I mean, De- ultimately Denver was just way too much for this Miami team, but I, I do want to say that Denver did a really good job of stopping my like what got Miami here, and that was those role players, the Gabe Vincents, the Max Struces, even the Duncan Robinsons, obviously the the Caleb Martins from scoring twenty, you know, the random twenty point a game uh, performance from from those guys that helped them get to the get to the finals. They they stopped that. And everyone's going to talk about their their offense and how amazing their offense was through throughout the entire playoffs and in the finals, and absolutely have to give them credit for that. But their defense really, really held strong against Miami, and I would say you know they were able to shut down the 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 Suns in round two. Now I would say KD and Booker did did kind of go off in that series, but they were able to to shut down a Lakers team that came into that that conference finals really hot. Uh, you know, off off the Memphis series, um, and then off the Warriors series. You know, the Lakers I, I thought were probably the second best team in this year's playoff. Um, I shut them down. Took care of Minnesota in the first round, but I thought I was I was really impressed with what Denver did defensively against the Heat to completely neutralize them and made made Jimmy Butler look like you know in more of uh, you know February Jimmy Butler rather than the April Jimmy Butler that we kind of got accustomed to. Totally shut him down. So, uh, good job, good job by them. Fourth quarter, uh, <laughs> fourth quarter was was interesting. Uh, Denver, like I said, was doing a great job helping on Butler, forcing him to pass, but staying on those shooters. Uh, the Jokic and Murray two man game. They just they just went to that in the fourth quarter, and it, it started taking over for them. Uh, midway through the fourth, Miami was only two of thirteen. So, um, like I said, they were doing a great job defensively, and that Jokic Murray two man game was, was working for them. KCP hit a three with four minutes left to make it 86-79. I thought that was a bit of a dagger. But then Butler hit uh, his second straight three, made it 86-82. Porter missed a three. There was that terrible call, foul on Butler three, um, where he kicked out his leg, kicked Gordon in the balls. But that made a one-point game. Porter made a mid, uh, missed a mid-range jumper, step-back jumper. Um, 
Then Butler back down for two, 87-86 Miami. Jokic layup on Caleb Martin's switch. You know, they got the Caleb Martin switch that they wanted to. They were hunting with that Jokic-Murray two-man game. Uh, he backs down Caleb Martin, obviously a much smaller defender. Uh, no help. I don't know. I'm not sure where Bam was on that play. I'll have to go back and watch the tape. But no one helped. Easy layup for for Jokic. Butler got fouled, made two free throws, 89-88 Miami. Then you had Jamal Murray missed the, the mid-range jumper. Bruce Brown gets the offensive rebound and lays it up. That was a huge, huge rebound. I want to say it was Gordon that looked like he was getting fouled down low on, on the box out trying to get the offensive rebound. But Bruce Brown snuck underneath, got the two-point uh, lay-in, second chance point, 90-89 at Denver, and that was the last time. Um, or that was, you know, the last time that Miami held a lead before that shot. Uh, and that was, you know, kind of when Denver started to pull away. Max Struess mi- missed that three-point jumper, rebound Gordon. Um, and then Denver missed their, missed their shot um, on that next possession. Gordon missed that tap-in. But then Butler turned it over. He was driving to the paint. Double team. Good double, honestly. Uh, and like I said, KCP... The guards all night were doing a great job staying on those shooters when Butler was getting doubled inside. KCP uh, was able to jump in front of the pass and, and steal it, steal that Butler pass. 24.7 seconds left at that point. Miami fouled. KCP made both free throws, and the game was over at that point. Uh, I will say Butler did. <sighs> Butler took that horrible three with 14.3 seconds left, the fadeaway three with Gordon in his face. I'm not really sure. Why and that's one of my pet peeves in basketball is when teams take unnecessary threes when they're down three with a good chunk of time left you can get the easy two you know they're gonna let you get the easy two it takes the terrible fadeaway three and that was that was game um, so questionable call um, by Butler there to take that shot um, and and that's it that was that was Miami done that was Denver champions they end up winning the game 94 89 Bruce Brown makes the closeout free throws to give them the four point lead. Or the five point lead, and that was that was GG's. So fun game. I'm glad we got a good game to end the season because you know I don't think while Denver was amazing this postseason, I don't think this series, the finals, uh, were were that memorable. It was memorable in the sense that Jokic finally you know got his not finally but got his first championship, uh, kind of solidified himself as the best player in the league. And I think even if they end up losing this series, he still would have been considered the best player in in the league in the world. But now it's solidified. There's no questions asked. Nikola Jokic is is the best player in, in the league. He just makes you know the right the right basketball plays. He's a he's a true definition of a team player. He doesn't care if he has zero points or or forty points. I'd say he prefer to probably have a nice t- twenty eight, ten and ten. You know that's probably his ideal stat line. He he wants to make his other his teammates better, and he, he's the kind of guy you want to play with. Um, and that kind of leads to the question of you know can Denver can this be the the first of many for Denver? Can this become a dynasty out in, in the Rocky Mountain states, Rocky Mountain State? And I, I'm a little bit hesitant. I, I think a huge factor in that is, is the new CBA, which is just so restrictive. Um, on what you can do. You really can only afford two star players that you want to build around. And obviously, you know, Denver could have that with with Jokic and Murray. Uh, But, you know, 
Jokic is going to be at 46 million next year, 50 million in 24, 25, 54 in 25, 26, 58, and then 61. He's he's going to be at about 35, 33 to 35% of, of the team's cap for the next for, for the foreseeable future. And you know, he's the best player in the league. He deserves that money. But you also have Murray, who I didn't I didn't spend much time talking about uh, when I was praising Denver, but I thought he did a really good job holding up um, defensively today. He did a strong job against Jimmy Butler, who's, you know, you would say a mismatch. I, I thought Butler wasn't attacking that mismatch as much as he could have. Got a lot of that one-on-one Murray and Butler matchup in the first half, and, and Butler didn't really take advantage of it. So I thought Murray did a really good job holding up. He has a strong lower half that, that's able to kind of help him against bigger guys when he's a, a bit of a mismatch um, or when he's in a mismatch defensively. I thought he was gassed. <laughs> I thought he was gassed. Um, he looked gassed really through the Western Conference Finals and then in the finals. Um, but he was, he, I mean, despite being tired, he, he pulled through, man. He was, he was great. Um, and I think he's a star player. I don't think he's a superstar player, but I, I do think he's, you know, top. 25 30 player in the league and and that that's all you ask you know from from a guy that's playing with Nikola Jokic there's obviously the question of could Denver have won the finals in 2021 and 2022 had Murray been healthy I think they don't win it in 21 um I think the the supporting cast around around those two guys just wasn't good enough they didn't have um, guys like KCP and Bruce Brown on the team that played such key roles for, for the team this year. And then last year, I, I also think that Phoenix team was just damn good. And I don't coming out of the West, and I, I don't know if they would have gotten through Milwaukee. Giannis was on another planet that, that season. Um, and then I think last year they could have. They could have. You know, they, they they lost the first round to the, to the Warriors, but they did win a game. They won game four, I want to say it was, uh, the closeout game that I want to say was in Golden State as well. No, 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 no. It was, like, it was in... Mm. I'm not, I can't remember where that game was, but they, they won game four in that series and everyone was kind of impressed just that they got one. So I think they're, they're, the argument is there. They had Gordon on the team, um, but MPJ was out last season as well. So that, 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 that team was depleted. Had they been fully healthy, sure, they could have made a run for the playoffs but or for the finals, but didn't happen. The question is now, can they do it moving forward? Like I said, they have Jokic on a mega deal for the next few seasons. They're, he's under contract through... The twenty, he's under contract through twenty seven twenty eight. He has a player option for twenty seven twenty eight at sixty one point nine million dollars. I mean that's just an insane amount of money. Holy cow! I know this the the salary cap is going to go up, but that's just that's a preposterous amount of money. Uh, Jamal Murray under contract for two more seasons. Then he's a UFA in twenty for the twenty five twenty six season. But I don't see why you wouldn't want to come back to play with Jokic. Uh, they got a good thing going. They're 26 and 28, respectively. Jokic is 28 years old. So they're young. They're in their prime. Absolutely, you would think that they can keep it going for the next few seasons. I, I think the one thing that concerns me about Denver and their dynasty potential is, is that MPJ contract. You know, he was he ended up being great tonight, right? You know, finished with how many points did he finish with? He finished with He was, you know, tied for the their leading scorer in the first half. He finished with 16 points, and that was following, you know, two games where he was really, really bad. Uh, 11 points in game three, got benched, or sorry, 11 points in game four, got benched for Bruce Brown down the stretch. Bruce Brown was great in that game. 
and he's a UFA, or sorry, he's a player option. Bruce Brown has a, a player option for like $8 million, which he certainly will not pick up. And he'll become a free agent. I expect him to make around 15 to $20 million uh, next season. I, he's a guy that I kind of want the Grizzlies to pick up, honestly. Um, Porter had 14 in game one, five in game two, two points in game three, and then 11 and 12 to close out the series. But like I said, in game four, he was benched for, for Bruce Brown down the stretch. Michael Malone went away from him. Um, he was really good today. Uh, well, only one of six from three, but 50% from the field. Ended up with 13 rebounds. That's, you know, the fact that, that's one thing that's really good about MPJ's game is if the shot's not falling, he's, he's big and strong enough to go out and get those rebounds. But what concerns me, again, is the fact that he's 25 years old. He's already missed an entire season because of back injury. Um, that was a huge, that was the red flag on him heading into the to the draft. His draft was was the um, the back injuries. He missed his season at Missouri when he was in college. And he's owed 33 next year, then 35, 38, and 40. So if these back injuries and, you know, come to, come back, Basically, it wasn't a problem this year, but you know, if you're a guy that's had multiple back surgeries, you would think they could come back at some point. Uh, Kevin O'Connor had a good point in his Ringer article earlier, or I don't know, I want to say it was like Friday that it came out, that he was writing about how poor Porter had been in um, games two, three, and four, and or, or, or games two and three, whatever it was. And how every time he had been shooting this low from the field and scoring this low amount of points, that after those games, um, he missed significant time with injury. So he was kind of raising the question of maybe is Porter injured again? Um, Ended up having a really good game tonight. So maybe that hushes those questions. But I don't think those back injuries are, are gone forever is my point. And I think if, you know, a year from now you're sitting, MPJ's hurt. And you're sitting there like, okay, well, this guy's owed 24 25% of our cap for the next few seasons, and now no one's going to want to trade for this guy because he's making so much money. And the new CBA is so restrictive where you can only afford two max guys. He's kind of your third guy. You don't want to be paying him this much money. Um, it's, a, it's not really a movable contract if he ends up being um, a, a flop when it comes to, to injuries. So that's the red flag that you know, is raised when I think dynasty for this Nuggets team. And also just, you know, it's easy to think, okay, this team has a chance of winning a dynasty after it goes 16 and four in the playoffs, looks amazing. um, And, you know, beats everybody pretty soundly, right? It's easy. Like there's no, no one's going to be higher on the Nuggets than they are right now. Right. Um, But, you know, Give it six months when we're in, you know, the dog days of the season in December. And, you know, who knows? Phoenix could go out. They, they seem to be kind of situating themselves um, to maybe get rid of Chris Paul or, or move him and trying to build around Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. We know Matt Ishby is going to be active this offseason, trying to put the best possible roster around those guys. Um, you know, Memphis with all of our problems. I think Ja um, was going to come back strong next year whenever he's ready to come back. Um and they're still a young team forced to be reckoned with. Uh, I don't, not necessarily really concerned about the Clippers um, anymore. But yet the Kings, they're coming up. Golden State, you never know. The Lakers, they're, they're you know, and then you look in the East, you know, you still have what's left of Milwaukee. Um, you have 
Philly, you have Boston, who's still young. I think they're going to make make some moves um, this this offseason. You have the Spurs, who are looming. You know, when Binyama is going to be in San Antonio, they could be good right away. Um, who knows what Portland's going to do? New Orleans is lurking. There's that rumor that came out today that Scoot Henderson, um, they're they're trying to move up to get three and get Scoot Henderson. Obviously, Oklahoma City just had SGA finish first team All NBA, and they have a million picks. Uh, and they already have Gideon. We haven't even seen Chet Holmgren play a game. So I don't, like, it's not a lock that Denver is going to become this dynasty, you know, that everyone's talking about. They're losing, they're going to lose Bruce Brown this offseason. I, I think that's kind of a lock in my book. There's no way he picks up that player option. I don't think they can re-sign him. They have Christian Braun, or Christian Brown, sorry, who I think will fill that six-man role for them. They also have Peyton Watson, who's really good for them defensively down the stretch at shooting guard. He's going to play a role for them next season. Um, but, you know, losing Bruce Brown, I think, is, is tough for them. Other than that, they're not losing anybody important. No one that Jeff Green, but he's 37. You know, I think you're okay with, you know, and shout out to Jeff Green for getting him, himself a championship ring. And he played a role for this team uh, in the playoffs. So shout out to Jeff Green. He's a former Grizzly, uh, respectable guy. Actually, one of my high school baseball teammates um, got, like, bought his car, his Jeep, uh, Jeff Green's Jeep off resale or something like that. Bought, bought it off Jeff Green's hand. So shout out to Jeff Green. Um, KCP has, is going to be in a similar situation as Bruce Brown next offseason. Um, he'll have a player option for 15 mil. Um, and if he keeps playing the way he, he is, I think he can make more money than that. Aaron Gordon's locked up through, he has a player option in the 25-26 season. But I think Aaron, honestly, Aaron Gordon is a huge reason this team won the championship this year. Obviously, you have Jokic, but man, he was so good defensively. He had that amazing game four in Miami um, that really helped seal the deal for the for the heat, for the for the Nuggets. Um, just they had nobody. They had no answer for Aaron Gordon in this series, and such a great transformation. Perfect from his his time in Orlando. You know, perfect example of guy finding the perfect place for him to flourish and show all of his best skills off. My point is, this team is no lock to be to be a dynasty. I, I think we need to table all that conversation. I'm sure it'll be hot on the first takes and the the first things first uh, shows of the world, the get ups tomorrow. But I think we just let them enjoy this one um, before we talk dynasty. Let's see what they do this off season. You know, they made they made those um, that trade last week with OKC, where they picked up at the twenty the the 2024 first round pick. And second rounders in 23 and 24 um, for a first round pick in 2029 that may or may not even convey to OKC. There's a lot of protections that go around uh, with that pick. But the point being, you know, they're trying to, and they, you know, they could end up moving up that 2024 pick and trying to move up and, and make it for this year's draft. Uh, but they're trying to get those Christian Browns, those Peyton Watsons, those cheap guys that, you know, can play a role. Um, that Bruce Brown, that Christian Brown, that KCP role for them, uh, just compliments to what Jokic can do. Play good defense, hit some shots in the corner, uh, you know, cut to the rim when Jokic just has the ball at the block, etc. cetera, uh, catch lobs. I think those are, you know, those guys that, that was a move that shows that they're trading their future, a 2029 pick for their present. And they're trying to do everything they can to get cheap guys because that's going to be the the way to build teams now is really you're going to have two stars and you're going to have a bunch of cheap guys. You're going to have a bunch of guys at the mid-level exception or you're going to have a bunch of guys at the the league minimum. And, you know, 
when you have a Christian Brown, a guy that's playing key minutes for you down the stretch, making two, three million dollars a year, those guys are going to be even more important than they already were. So they're going to have to hit in the draft late in the in the rounds, and they're going to have to they're going to have to nail their mid level exception this offseason to to replace Bruce Brown. Um, but I think the new CBA makes it all the more difficult to to build a dynasty, um, unless you want to pay a ton of tax, which you know the penalties are are, are legit um, with this new CBA. So not necessarily a dynasty, but you you do you do want to tip their cap. Let them enjoy this one before we talk. Um, let, let them enjoy it for a week before we we talk dynasty. When you look at it from a Heat perspective, they're losing a lot of key guys that we saw play key minutes down the stretch in the playoffs. Max Struess is gone. He's a UFA. Gabe Vincent's a UFA. Um, those two guys are tough to, to lose. Which one do you bring back? How much money are they going to be earning? Is is Max Struess a $15 million a guy? $15 million a year guy? Is Gabe Vincent a $15 million a year guy? That, that remains to be seen. Are those guys willing to take lesser money to come back and play for Miami? I think one, if not both of them, are, are going to want to get paid. Um, this offseason, you have Butler at 45 million this coming season. You have Bam at 32, which Bam's a confusing player. Is he a superstar? No, he, he I didn't like the way he got bullied by Jokic, especially in the second half of this game. But he he he, he does play a key role for them defensively. He's their anchor of their defense. Um, and he's really good as a screener on offense. I he wasn't great in the postseason offensively. Um, he he left me more frustrated and 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 confused than he did. Like holy shit, look what Bam's doing. He ended up with twenty points this game, twenty one point eight points and twelve rebounds in the series. It was actually his best series all all postseason offensively at least. Um, I just don't think he's he's not an All NBA caliber player. He's a fringe all-star caliber with you know all nba or all defense team upside but you're paying him like a max guy you know he's at 32 34 and 37 for the next three seasons um so you are at, right there you're already at you know 57 percent of your cap is tied up to butler and out of bio and the next season you have you have kyle lowry at 29 um he's an expiring contract next year at 37 years old you, you you're gonna i think they're gonna have to try to move him and just hope someone's willing to take on that contract is maybe a San Antonio willing to take on that deal and and kind of have him as their veteran leader to help win Benyama that could be the case uh, do you package obviously there's the huge all the Dame rumors that have come out this past week uh, Dame I think he mentioned on a podcast that Miami would be a place that he's interested in going because Bam's his dog <laughs> um, but what does Miami have to trade you know they can trade a bunch of first round picks sure but Miami, as we all know, Miami first-round picks are never never good. They're always a good team. If they're not, you know, in the finals like they were this year, they're in, you know, at least in the playoffs. You know, when's the last time Miami didn't make the playoffs? You package a Lowry and a Hero plus four first-round picks to Portland. For Dame, does, does Dame or, or does Portland, are they excited about that trade? I mean, like I said, Miami picks aren't good. Lowry's, you know basically at the, the last year of his career, I would say. And Hero is, you know, while he's a good quality player that can, you know, create his own shot, uh, which I think Miami missed in this series, he's also, Miami kind of proved that maybe Hero's value is 
was increased when he wasn't on the floor in this playoff run. I don't know. That might be a bit of a hot take, but he, um, you know, I don't think anybody expected him to make that run, and they did it without arguably their second or third, their third best player, their second best offensive player. Uh, they did it without him on the floor. Uh, you have Duncan Robinson. That contract's tough. 18 mil, 19 mil, and then 19 mil in 25-26 with an early termination option. I think that'll get terminated. Victor Oladipo has a $9.5 million player option heading into next year. Uh, Caleb Martin's at 6.8. And then, you know, hopefully Nikola Jovic plays more of a role for the team next season. But, I mean, I just don't know what their, their outs are. I think I would be stunned if we see Tyler Hero on the Heat next year. He's their one asset. He's 24 years old. He's on a good enough contract. We've seen what he can do offensively. Uh, improved slightly defensively this season. I think you can get something in return for him. The question is, is it like a Damian Lillard, Lillard caliber player, you know, and, and Dame for, for as great as Dame was, and he had his best season offensively last year. He is on the wrong side of 30. He's a small guard. You know, I think he can age better than like an Allen Iverson, um, considering, you know, the three-point shot that he has. Um, that will never go away, hopefully. Um, but the dude's owed $45 million next year. 48 million in 24 25 25 26 he's at 58 and then 26 27 his age 36 season he's owed 63 million dollars um that you know goes back to the the extension that he signed with portland last summer that was totally unnecessary in my opinion uh, last july he signed um a a contract extension for two years 121 million dollars portland did not need to do that uh, but they did and he ended up having his best season last year, like I, like I said, but he is 32 years old um, and he's a small guard. I don't necessarily think that's uh, the type of business that Miami wants to be getting into or, or really any team that's looking to be good in the long term. Now, maybe Miami's going to sell out and try to get a title early like tr- or try to get a title right away. I don't know. That could be the case. Um, but do you really want to get in the Damian Lillard business? I'm not so sure. Um, but I, I think Miami, man, like for as disappointing as Jimmy Butler was, this really the last in that next series for a little bit of that Celtic series and then really in the finals, I think what I learned from this Heat series is that they need another star. They don't need another role player. They have plenty of role players. They, they'll find those guys. Miami are kings of finding those you know, late round picks, those undrafted guys that, are, that they can pay chump change, two, $3 million a year for that end up playing key roles for you down the stretch in the playoffs, et cetera. They need another superstar. They need to make a splash move this offseason and go out and make a trade for somebody. I think it's going to be centered around hero and picks. Um, maybe you have to throw in Lowry to match salaries, which it's going to have to be a team that doesn't necessarily want to contend. Um, so that's, you know, Who's the next ha- unhappy superstar? Bradley Beal comes to mind. Does that move the needle for them? No. You can go out and get a cat maybe. Does that move the needle maybe a little bit? A cat and add a bio front court. I don't know how that how that's much different than Rudy Gobert and cat right now. Um, but it's tough. It's tough. What, what do you do if you're Miami moving forward? I, I think you. there's no way you can just, and I, it's easy to say after they lose the finals, but... I don't think you can just run it back next season and expect different results. I think we learned that while Jimmy Butler had a great run, he's not a guy that can just single-handedly carry you to a, to winning an NBA championship. 
Um, teams around them are going to get better. Boston's going to get better. I think Boston's going to be active this this offseason. Um, Philly will be active. I think the Wizards are actually going to be surprisingly active with that new GM. Um, that doesn't mean they're going to be contenders, but teams are going to be active this this postseason or this offseason. I don't think they can just sit back and do nothing. They got to make a move um, to to get some type of star star in return. I think Chicago should be active. They won't be, uh, but they should move on from a lot of those guys. Uh, I mean, who, who do you who do you go out and get? What do you guys think? I think Miami needs to be active this this off season. And then before we get out, just want to talk about the 23 playoffs as a whole. How are we going to remember them? Obviously, the Jokic, the Jokic coronation. Jokic is solidified as the best player in the league. Um, and that's that's ultimately how I will remember this postseason. Obviously, to the victors go the spoils, right? Uh, but I, you know, also a Miami historic run, just unprecedented run as a as a play-in team. Uh, it's a great great advertisement for for the play-in tournament. Um, so you know, Adam Silver is feeling good about that right now. They beat my they beat Milwaukee in the first round, four games to one. It, it wasn't the fact that they beat Milwaukee that was so surprising. It was the fact that they beat them four games to one and and did, did it in dominant fashion. I mean, the the best team in in the East heading into the postseason won one playoff game. No one saw that coming. So you'll certainly remember the Miami run when you think of the twenty twenty three NBA playoffs. I think you'll remember the the Philly capitulation in game seven after winning you know a really tough game five going up um or sorry winning winning that game sorry winning that yeah winning that game five and then losing two straight was tough for philly fans um i think we'll remember Jokic or not Jokic, Embiid coming up short in the playoffs again You'll remember Boston's coaching mishaps, and we've already seen Boston take steps to kind of help that. They've signed a, a few new assistant coaches already in this offseason. Um, I think we'll remember the Lakers. You know, I thought they, you can make an argument for the Lakers being the second best team this postseason, and they got swept by a far superior Denver team. Um, but LeBron had a, had a solid playoff run, AD looked great for them. You might think the Lakers maybe have something moving forward. Uh, still, at this point, I don't know. I, I, again, LeBron won't retire. Definitely remember that. LeBron threatening to retire after losing uh, Game 4 against Denver. That was a little bit annoying, obviously, to me. Uh, Golden State, Sacramento. Sacramento's first playoff series uh, in since like 05 or whatever it was, 07. Uh, quite some time. Breaking the longest playoff drought in all sports. Uh, games, they, they had a Game 7 against Golden State at home. Uh, ended up having, you know, just a polar, pol- historical, prolific, I can't say that word, um, Curry game in Game 7, 50 points. Also, Tatum in, in Game 7 against Philly, 50-plus points, uh, was historic. A little bit of a Russell Westbrook renaissance in, in the first round, um, but so many people were talking about the Clippers uh, after they won Game 1. They end up losing four straight, the gentleman's sweep. Um, as they say, those are kind of the you know the series that stand out really. Um, but uh, you know, it's going to be Jokic. It's going to be the Miami run. It's going to be it's going to be you know even if Golden State lost in the second round, I think you're going to remember that Sacramento Golden State Game Seven. It was exciting. Uh, the uh, the crazy John Morant story going off uh, off the court, going on off the court. I think you'll remember that from this postseason. 
But it, it wasn't necessarily uh, an, an incredibly memorable playoff, but I will say you'll remember the Jokic and you'll remember the, the Miami run. So, yeah, that that's uh, my late-night recap. It is... 11:30. I got to go to go to bed. Got work in the morning. Going to go to the gym in the morning, but just wanted to hop on here um, and talk talk Denver talk because it was truly a historical run for them, and um, you got to give them their due. And I mean, shout out to the Denver Nuggets. Shout out to Nikola Jokic um, on their their first championship, first championship in, in franchise history. Uh, Denver, man, city of champions. They had the Avalanche last year. Obviously had the, the Broncos in 2015. Broncos going back-to-back in, in 97, 98. You had the Avs in 96, the Avs in 01. So Denver's sneaky good sports city, you got to say at this point. Um, so, yeah, congrats to Joe living out there in Denver. Um, big, big night, big parade coming for you guys again. So you love to see it. Uh, what's next for the corner? Going to be coming with some NBA content, heavy and fast, thick and fast this offseason. Drafts next week, going to be prepping for that. We got free agency on the horizon, so be to, stay tuned for some offseason pods. Want to be more active with the NBA podcast than I was this season. Ultimately got a lot distracted with work and other things, moving to a new city and all that, but really want to be more active with the NBA. Obviously, we do a ton of MLB content, but also... Huge, passionate NBA fan. Um, so I want to be more active there. I think it's going to be an interesting offseason. They're not a ton of like huge, big-name free agents, but there's a lot of guys that can swing uh, titles, like a Bruce Brown comes to mind, right? So, And there's obviously going to be a big trade. There's going to be a big trade. Um, it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when, not, not if. So going to be a lot more active with NBA content starting tonight with this podcast. And then... Luis and I are dropping an NBA or Luis and I are dropping an MLB pod on Thursday night. So stay tuned for that one. LA De La Cruz getting called up to the big leagues, been electric so far. Um, Jacob DeGrom out with Tommy John surgery. We'll talk that. We're going to be talking some of the biggest disappointments player wise of the season so far. So stay tuned for that one. We'll be dropping it on Thursday night. Appreciate you all for listening to this one. Congrats again to the Denver Nuggets on winning the NBA championship for the 2022-23 NBA season. And the offseason has officially commenced. So stay tuned again for more content on that end. But appreciate you all listening to this one. Catch you guys in the next episode. Peace out.